the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is a program, as you know, dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, life questions, anything and everything that's on your heart. And today I have all kinds of help in the studio for those questions. All you need to do is call us, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And remember, if you're driving in your car and you just need to talk to Paula, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app, Uh, Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you We've been hanging out today, as we do every Thursday. Yep. So what's up? Well, I was going through the Bible the other day, and I think I found the scripture of what about me, what about today? (laughs) And, you know, I just, these things happen, uh, and the Holy Spirit leads me. Pastor Ron, remember we talked about that last time, and I'm pretty much thinking this is genius on the Holy Spirit's part, just working through me today. So in Psalm 25, 12, this is what it says. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. To me, that sounds like, what about me? What about today? Lord, I fear you. I want to please you. You know what this day holds in store for me, and I don't know. And so where you go, I want to go. And so he's like, sweet. So I'm gonna, he's going to instruct me in the way that I should choose because I'm asking him, what about me, what about today? I can have my own plan, but his is better than mine. Well, you know, that principle, we, we talk about offering yourself every day. That principles on almost every page of scripture, not just in this psalm. So what are you trying to say? Every, no, I'm, that, I'm not. That wasn't a, a genius no, right there? No, moment. no, I'm saying it was fine. <laughs> but but the idea is the foundation <laughs> yeah. verses of our ministry. Yeah, Offer your yeah. bodies as living, living sacrifices. sacrifices. Yeah. Holy and pleasing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then we're told that we can be transformed. We don't have to stay the way we are. We don't have to be conformed to the pattern of this world. Mm-hmm. But then we will know. And this is as close to a formula as you get in Scripture. Then we will know what God's perfect, pleasing, and acceptable will is. Yeah. So it sounds like to me, mm-hmm. and I'm not genius like you. So well. this may not be the Holy Spirit, but it sounds like to me <laughs> that every day if we get up and say, okay, Lord, I'm yours. i got plans. i got to go to work. I'm mm-hmm. going to talk to people. I've got mm-hmm. appointments, all those things. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Jesus, if you want to interrupt me today, I give you permission to do so. And I think a lot of times, Paula, we quench the spirit because we're so focused on what we want to do or what we think we've got to do. 
that we don't give him the, the ability to interrupt us mm-hmm. in those times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's genius. Okay, good. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> My little mind, you know, when I get something. You got a little head. I have a little head, but. Yeah, a little head. Anyway, we don't want it to get big either, so <laughs> let's just keep that real. Okay, so t- this week has been so fun because I loved hearing all the kids, you know, and there's all the, do, 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 you know, the cheep, 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 cheep. All the little chickens around here are, are talking and they're having a great time and a bunch of them are, are back, happy back to uh, being back in school. And a couple of the kindergartners have been, you know, sending notes to the kindergarten teacher throughout the summer saying, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know how much of our audience can remember this, but the movie we grew up with was Jaws. Oh, yeah. It was a huge, huge, <laughs> huge movie. And in the background, whenever the shark was going to just mm-hmm. appear, it was done it, done it, done it. Well, that's what those kindergartens have been like for Miss <laughs> Kenyatta the whole summer. Mm-hmm. You aren't ready for us, but yeah. we're coming. We're coming. And Kenyatta is the the best kindergarten teacher. She's, you know, six feet something. And the kindergartners aren't. That's, that's the only thing I don't like about her. That's because she's just taller than you. Way taller. Yeah. <laughs> No, not taller. She's way <laughs> yeah, taller than I am. I know, and, and beautiful. But um, you're beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Oh. You're not tall, but you are beautiful. Don't have your feelings hurt. <laughs> but um, so these these little teeny kids, you know, have been kind of threatening Kenyatta with, we're going to be in your class. <laughs> you have to put up with us, kind of a thing. But they, they'll get it. About two weeks in, you know, um, they'll be very well trained but uh look, Tuesday was a leadership meeting at our house and Kenyatta's one of the one of the leadership ladies and she came in the door and I was like oh <laughs> she had that look like it's only the second day <laughs> it was hilarious and um yeah uh, some of the the kids names she's she's had to call them out quite often and so maybe her grandchildren will not be called those names. So anyway, <laughs> pray for Kenyatta. She's the she's the only teacher who has students who have little to no school experience. Because some kids, you know, may have done like pre-K or something like that. But by and large, this is their first. <laughs> you know, you come in, you will sit down at a desk that is assigned to you. You have to raise your hand before you talk. You don't just get to go, you know. <laughs> go to the restroom when you want to walk around and talk and no snacks. No, yeah, yeah, none of that stuff. This is discipline time now, and and a lot of them just not quite ready for all that. Paul, this is absolutely true. Over the years, I've had a dozen parents or more come to me and say, "Pastor Ron, our son or our daughter is starting school. Mm-hmm. When when school starts, mm-hmm. this this they'll be in school. Please mm-hmm. don't kick me out of the church." <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm not a terrible parent. I love Jesus. Please don't kick me out of the church. And, and you know, the great thing about Kenyatta is that she is uh, so good at training them. Yeah. And I say, I always tell the parents, don't worry. In two weeks, they'll be walking through the halls with their finger up to their mouth, mm-hmm. walking across, yeah. because they learn what discipline is. Yeah. And she'll provide the consistency that will help you at home if you just follow through with mm-hmm. it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I'm certain that she's thrilled that she works here at this school because um, kindergarten here is 8 to 1130. <laughs> that's, all I, ooh, that's all I would be able to do. <laughs> I always tell Kenyatta that, man, I wish I was born later because she would be a great mom. I would have turned out way better. <laughs> way better. Mm. Yeah. Paul, the thing that cracks me up is the first graders. When school starts, oh, yeah. it's always the first graders. Because, you know, the year before in school, and they're excited about coming back to school because oh, yeah. school was great. But, the, but they're home at 1130. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's time to go home. They're getting picked up. Uh-huh. You see first graders absolutely sprawled out on the floor, face down, slobber coming out of their mouth. <laughs> they are dead tired in the middle of the day. Yeah. And they still got three hours left. <laughs> <laughs> they probably hate their teacher. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of you first day. That's just too much of you. Yeah, anyway, but it's it's fun to hear 
hear all the kids back at school and you know we got some new new kids here and they'll make if they open their hearts they'll make some really good friends and uh, they'll get they'll get a whole lot of Jesus they'll be told every single day how much he loves them and it can change them and I pray that it will so cool school is back um, and then for me next Monday because you know sweet summer devotions are over and we've had two week break and then um, this coming Monday I'll teach a special message because before we start the book of Philippians because September 6th is Labor Day we'd be off again so it's no sense in just starting and then be off so I'll do a special message Pastor Ken will be teaching the men and I'm sure Matt oh no let me back up Pastor Matthew <laughs> and Pastor Chris will be teaching the youth and the high schoolers and, and then we have child care for the other kids so Everybody can come, bring your family. It's a great church night. Back back on schedule this back, this week. Back on schedule, and it kind of seems like things are are normal. Well, it's just nuts because August is over. This is our last Sunday in August coming up. We had five Sundays in August, what? but this is our last Sunday yeah. in August. And so then September will come, and then we'll and then wake, it'll be Christmas. We'll wake up; it'll be Christmas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's just after Christmas. It's just like that's uh, that's how that's why our life is spinning by so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Jesus come back soon. You guys better be ready. He is coming. It's August twenty twenty one. I'm not naming dates, but it could be because you know Sam's birthday today, and then <laughs> and then Jesus comes back. Have we started working on a new producer, a younger one? That's on you, Pastor Rob, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to make those kind of decisions. But what about me? What about today? Psalm twenty-five, twelve. Who then are those who fear the Lord? If we really fear the Lord, we're going to want to go where he goes and do what he does because um, we want to please him. And when I was out walking with them this morning, that's what I was saying. Listen to me. I was out walking with him this morning. <laughs> That's your line, huh? But it's mine now, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm walking pretty much every day except Sunday. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> so, you had a question uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday on the radio program about having joy basically in the midst of suffering. It was, you know, I really want my my lost, lost loved one to be saved, you know, and I can't be happy, you know, I can't be happy because they're not saved yet. Well, that's kind of a putting too much pressure on yourself is what I'm thinking. Um, It's not up to us to save our lost loved ones. It's up to us to say, to show that we have joy in the midst of our sufferings. Um, And um, I was thinking, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would have life eternally. They wouldn't perish. And so for us, I heard, I love how you answered with, in regards to our own children. You know, um, they know, they've been told, they've been shown the consistency of the life we've been living. Um, and I mean, we tell them, you tell them especially, I can't imagine heaven without you. But at the same time, we know that Jesus has done everything to assure them a place in heaven. They just have to RSVP. And, um, you know, if when I get to heaven and if Ronnie or Terry aren't there, Ronnie's a professing believer, um, I'd love to see some serious fruit from his life but Terry is not a believer Um, when we get to heaven you know I think for a minute we're going to see if if they never bow their knee that why didn't they believe and it's going to be a sad moment Um, but yeah I I don't wipe away yeah I don't think in heaven that's going to be the case Paula Uh, in heaven you know there's no sadness no tears Mm -hmm. the memories are wiped away um but but this was the heart of a mother, and this was yesterday's program. Was it? Okay. This is the heart of a mother who's watching family, backslidden children, making horrible decisions. And you know how heartbreaking that is. Yeah. We deal with that all the time. Yeah. 
But one of the things that we have to remember is that it's still our responsibility before the Lord to be full of joy. In his presence is the fullness of joy. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to be with Jesus instead of being with our lost kids. Now, the the thing I loved the most about that question yesterday was it shows how serious this woman was about her own walk with the Lord. Uh, she is committed. She's all in. And, and, and it should break all of our hearts when people choose to uh, to, to reject Jesus and, and, and in effect, are, are sentencing themselves, condemning themselves to a life in hell. Um, at the same time, we need to, to understand our ability to influence is equal to our passion for and our joy in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so if, if our kids see us sad all the time, our lost kids, mm-hmm. what do they have to look forward to? Yeah. And we've got to understand God is fair. God is just. He loves our kids more than we do. And uh, our job is to be full of him. And I think sometimes this is one of those cases where we look around at the circumstances in our life and Jesus, and the way I've always said it is he puts his hand under your chin and says, no, 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 you're looking out. Look up, look up. Look keeps, higher, look he, higher. Yeah, yeah. He, he keeps raising your, your eyes so that we can set our eyes on Jesus, the mm-hmm. author and perfecter of our faith. And uh, I think that's just something we get so wrapped up in the things that cause us pain that we can no longer see the one who is the answer to that pain. Mm -hmm. And Paul, you and I, we've talked about this endlessly over the years. How did Jesus do it as a human now? Mm -hmm. We know he was Mm -hmm. God, but as a human, how did he do it when his heart was broken all the time and yet there was still so much joy and purpose and meaning? And, And we've had to learn how to balance joy and pain, heartbreak and um, just the thrill of, of being saved, of being with Jesus. And and the answer is the same as it is for every other question we seem to answer here at Calvary Chapel is, is you got to be with him. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only place where there's peace. It's the only place where there's joy. Uh, any place else and we find ourselves... Um, we find ourselves sort of lost and wandering around, yeah. looking at the pain of other people instead of our joy being a source of influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I try to think, you know, Jesus loves our lost loved ones way more than we do, way more. And also, he gave his life that they might be saved. Now, I might talk about giving my life for one of my kids, but that's all it would be, is just talk. Um, Jesus put his, as you say, his money where his mouth was. And Paul, Paul was serious when he said, I'd give my very place in heaven if only my brothers, the Jews, would believe. And I'm sure he was sad. I want to love like that so much. Yeah. But that's how broken his heart was. He was willing to swap places. Now, of course, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. He said, if it were possible. If it were possible. But you're right. Yeah. And if he wanted his brothers, the Jews, to be saved more than anyone. And, and he went through the whole list. The patriarchs are ours. You know, the, the law, all, all those things that they had, they kind of maybe either took them for granted, didn't care, just overlooked them, or it's like a whatever, you know. Um, I don't know. But he was serious as far as he would give his very place in heaven. And a lot of moms and dads would, you know, they would take the pain that their kids are going through. Well, put it on me instead of on them. But that's not, we, we, we can want that, but that's not going to happen. But, yeah, um, you know, some, some people will say they're lost loved ones. You go to church again? You know, you're always at church. You love those people more than you do me. Well, Jesus said, "Who are those? <laughs> they're, they're more. They're more fun to hang around with, for <laughs> yeah. sure. I have a lot more in common with them. You know, I have the blood of Jesus common, not just the blood of whatever your last name might be um, in common. And so, yeah. And it's it's like Jesus. It's good for you that I go away. I, you know, my it, I tell the ladies here when their husbands are saying, um, I don't want you going to church. I tell, tell your husband." That, you know, as a Christian, you've you got to go to church, and it's good for him. It's really a good thing for him and the rest of the family for you to come to church 
we don't just come to escape. We come to learn who Jesus is and how he would have us to behave, how we can rightly represent him in our homes. And so it's really good for them that you come to church. You'll learn how to submit one to God. Um, you'll learn how to serve your husband. A lot of that is without words so that they may be won <laughs> over. <laughs> you got to come and learn that kind of stuff and be around others who have already gone through those things and found God to be true. And so it's good for them that you go away <laughs> and come to church and, and get fed and then you go home um, a humble servant and you serve your family. That's what Jesus has us do. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any calls, comments, or questions, uh, if you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll free at eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. You know, Paula, one of the things that we've learned more completely in this last uh, year and a half plus with the pandemic, mm-hmm. we've learned to balance the pain and the joy. Um, and, and I think it's something that, as, as Christians, we all need to really pay attention to. We need to, to uh, understand that we're not created um, to take all this information. We live in a, an age of information where the, there's a com- constant bombardment mm-hmm. of, of information. Uh, and, you know, all we have to do is just stay online for for a couple of hours and we're going to see all this pain and all this anger and all this frustration. And it's so easy to empathize with it, especially if it hits some of our soft spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, we've got to balance the things that we can do something about with the things that we have no control over. And... Uh, I'm sad for what's going on in the world. And I'm sad to see people in pain. I'm sad to see uh, the news reports constantly. But there's nothing I can really do about those things. You know, I pray, but but I can't let those things cause my walk with Jesus to be compromised. And uh, maybe one of the things you can do, because you do this as well as anybody that I know, um, how do you balance the 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 information you take in how do you keep from getting angry at all the things that are frustrating to us um how do you keep your joy i love that the 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 question yesterday she said i see that you and mama paula are so full of joy and you way more than me how do you do that well maybe excuse me maybe because i'm a worshiper kind of person so songs come to me And I don't take that as I just think of a song. I think the Lord, um, I mean, before I was even saved, Jesus loves me, this I know, that that's my song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. I I think the Lord just kind of helps me um, because I'm not as balanced as you. That's the Lord just making me look better than I actually am. because sometimes when uh, I can get overwhelmed too, but I don't want to always respond or react in my, this is just too much, you know? Um, and so the, the Lord will give me um, a song. There's one I used to sing all the time. He will deliver me. My God will set me free from all my enemies. My God and savior, savior, he will deliver me. And that, that song comes to my mind. Um, and then, of course, when I sing a lot, you know, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. And, and sometimes when I'm just kind of like, Lord, I can't even take a breath right now, a song will come. And that really does help me. Like you're saying, He he's putting his hand under my chin to look higher. Stop looking at all the stuff. Um, and, and look higher because and you and you really can't do anything about all the stuff. That's exactly right. But but you can you can limit your intake. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I do. I can zone out. Um, I I will leave a room. I will turn off the radio when I'm home by myself. I hardly, I hardly, I don't know. I don't even know how to turn the TV on in the TV room. You know, um, I know how to turn the one on in my office for my exercise, but man, I had to call Pastor Elaine. Okay, so 
uh, I have this app so I can get Calvary SA. How does it work? You know, I mean, I'm lame, but it's okay. Uh, but I can get to the music, you know, on on my phone to go on my little, uh, what's it called, a speaker. I know how to work that. And so I, I'll turn away from a lot of this stuff and just listen to music. Or I'm looking at my Bible, and i got a whole bunch yeah. of different uh, Sometimes it's ones. good to be technically challenged. You know it? that's right. <laughs> you know that's right. Well, we're, we're inside one minute now for this half of the program, but but you're not the only one God gives songs to. I heard you've been singing a lot here lately. But, but he's been giving me songs, Baby Love. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. You think that's him? <laughs> <laughs> you really no. think that's him giving he, you that, right? He gave me that song for that message. Yeah, well, okay. And Love Is Hurt and Thing the week before? <laughs> We're in First Corinthians 13. <laughs> well. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the Date Day Show. If you have any comments or questions, 340-9585 or 877-630-KSLR. This is the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program. We have 30 minutes left, 340-9585. Okay, genius, what's next? Well, I don't know about genius. Well, you said you were a genius. You thought it was genius. That's why you said it. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. What can, how can I help you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so joy in the midst of suffering. You know, in, in this time, we've we've had loss, not just lost loved ones that we're worried about, but the loss of a loved one or a spouse, you know. That's rough. Um, so how do you have joy in the midst of that? Well, you know, I know from the funerals that I've been to that you've done, it's different when it's uh, a funeral or memorial service for a believer. Um, as sad as that is, you know, there's still a joy because we know where that loved one is. Mm. Um, and so we don't grieve or mourn like those without hope, and we can still have joy. And somebody said at the memorial service that we just did uh, last Saturday is heaven seems more real Mm. and closer. And um, we're looking more forward to being in heaven with our loss, the loss of that loved one, especially a spouse. I mean, I just, I can't imagine my life without you in it. I just can't imagine if you weren't here, how I would be. I would probably, I mean, God is good and he would take care of me uh, for sure. But I would be wondering, I wonder what he's doing now. He's looking to the face of Jesus, which would be, that would be joy for me, you know, because he would have told you, not just good try, he would have already told you, well done, my good and faithful servant. That would give me great joy. Um, And yet, I'd be like, I was saved first, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Why did he get to go first? So that would be my upset part. See, that's flesh. It is. Just flesh. It is totally flesh. But rejoice I, I, with those who rejoice. And you know, I got that rejoice. written down right yeah. here, Pastor. Ron, you know, Paula, I uh, I mentioned at this memorial service we did this past Saturday. I told Dave, the husband of uh, Madonna, who went to be with Jesus. Um, I told him, I said, you know, we got to be real about this. I know we're missing her, and you're missing her. They're, they're married for 41 years, mm-hmm. and, and you're missing her, but she's not missing you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good thing at a, at a funeral to do that, sort of to redirect, you know, she's receiving the reward of her salvation. 
Peter calls it the goal of our of our salvation, the salvation of our souls, mm-hmm. and the goal of our faith. And and I think we we are hurting so much. We who are left, we're hurting so much that we sometimes lose completely the 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 picture that that man touchdown. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's crossed the goal line, yeah. and Jesus is there cheering her on, and she's looking into that face, and she's hearing that voice, and she has a new name that's just like her and Jesus. It's just between them. I think sometimes we forget that, and. Um, you know, we, we've got to be better at rejoicing with those who rejoice. Because I think when we do that, I'm really, really happy for Madonna. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll remember many years ago, we had a, a, a very highly publicized funeral here. We had a, a young woman who was just the delight of our church and the light of our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was murdered. And the news media was here for uh, uh, our Sunday service and then, then the, the, the funeral service. And the place was absolutely packed, and uh, unbelievers there. And the media, when they were done in, in interviewing me, the interview was done. Um, they said, well, "Well, I don't really understand. Uh, everybody was so full of joy, and and the people were singing with such passion." And I said, "To understand that, you got to know where they are and who they're with now." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul, I think we, we just forget that. And it's not just when we lose somebody, but we forget that when this constant bombardment of bad news comes in or when um, in, in, in some thing that just drives us crazy, we keep and we get angry and angry and angry. We forget that in heaven where our real home is. Mm-hmm. There's nothing but Jesus. That's right. It's just Jesus. We got to do the best we can to emulate uh, that environment here. Just make your life nothing but Jesus, and you can't help but to be filled with joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I kind of try to picture my my arm in His arm um, throughout the day. You know, because that's to just be with Jesus, and you're just being with Jesus. He's so pleased that we've taken the time to be with Him, and He does. Um, Help us to look up instead of out. He also encourages us to say, I already know about this, and I know the solution, um, and this too shall pass, and you're going to be okay. I have a sign in my kitchen that says, um, good morning. I'm in charge of all your problems today. (laughs) And it's a coffee cup, you know, with coffee steaming out of it. I'm not that big of a coffee drinker, but um, Jesus is saying, telling me, Paula, relax, trust me. And I got to be reminded all the time because, again, all this news does kind of get to me at times, too. And so, um, continue to look up. Yeah. And Jesus is right there. And do we have a call? No. Yeah. Okay, so the next one is. Um, this is a hard one. The loss of good health. You know, when you can't do the things that you used to do. We have a, a sweet guy in our church. We have actually two of the nicest people in back surgeries just over and over again. And uh, he can't do the things that not the same as he used to, you know. Um, and it's it's a painful thing to watch. I can't imagine his wife is seeing that all the time. Um, but they'd still both have a lot of joy. And you just think, man, how is that even possible? And, and their walk with Christ together, and, and the, the one particular couple, I mean, this is true for many more, but, uh, but their walk together as husband and wife has mm-hmm. grown mm-hmm. and matured so much and and I know this man is in constant pain, and how do you how do you reconcile uh, the goodness of God with that kind of pain? Um, you realize that this isn't your home. This old body is wearing out, and um, and you know they get it. That they don't like it, mm-hmm. but they get it. I was speaking with this man at a men's retreat, and I asked a question I probably shouldn't have asked. You know, sometimes I say dumb things. Mm-hmm. And I asked a question, and I said, so uh, can, can you just sort of describe the pain you're in? I mean, what, what, is it constant? Is, 
And, and he started to, and he was crying as he was telling me that. And I was just thinking, I can't imagine living like that. But see, that's, that's a man with the help of a wife who's really learned to walk by faith, not according to how they feel, not according to circumstances, but um, they, they walk with Jesus and he evidently has told them, my grace is sufficient for you, and he's demonstrating it. But it's really, really hard, and, and we've dealt with a lot of people. You know, you, you get older, you hang around with older people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you really appreciate your health. Yeah. And uh, when it's gone, um, and you start sensing the end of the finish of your life, um it, it's really hard to look up, and an enemy piles on at that point. Um, but the answer is still the same. We got to look at Jesus. Yeah. yeah. He knows. He understands. Yeah. We pray for these people daily, but at the same time, um, you know, Paula, and you know this because I've talked with you about it. That just anonymously, I don't want any. Wouldn't want any credit, but I, I can't tell you how many times I've said, "Oh Jesus, just let me go up to him and hug him." And when I'm done hugging him, they're well. Mm-hmm. Take the pain away. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes, not often, but sometimes He does that. Yeah. Um, and and I'm grateful for that. But the people that have, have are, are suffering with pain, that's a difficult. That's a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego trial every day. Mm. Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, uh, sometimes when I'm trying to show you things, I forget that you can't see that well. And uh, I'm sorry about that, but I think it's because if it was me, you would know because I'd be probably whining all the time. (laughs) But you're doing good. You're doing well. So uh, thank you. Um. The loss of job and finances. Now that's a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego trial as well. You know, when you don't have the security of where's the next paycheck coming from, you know, pretty soon all this government um, money's going to stop eventually. <laughs> it runs out. It's going to, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're out. They've been out forever, but mm-hmm. at some point, Sanity has to return. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember, I remember when Obama was running for president, some of the the commercials was, he's going to pay my rent. And, well, that's going to stop soon. Um, and so what are we going to do? Jesus says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And that doesn't always look the way we think. Um, I mean, we've been, we've been poor. You know, the church is poor. Um <laughs> Uh, and yet, it's hard to explain. We're 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 the richest church on earth, but it's just not money. It don't look like it. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's just not money. Yeah. We're rich in in all the other ways, the important yeah. ways. Yeah. But there's so much that we could do, and there's so much that we need, and and yet, you know, God has sort of smiled at me all this time and said, um, "You have everything I need you to have." Yep. So. And it's a really, you talk about a, a joy in the midst of the suffering. Um, I remember when we were going to first have church here, and that little boy said, you know, after all the construction was going on, and it was still going on, and it was Saturday, <laughs> the next day is church, and he said very loudly, no way we're having church here tomorrow. And yet we did. The Lord is, is faithful, and we and it's been going ever since. But boy, there has been some serious Jesus, you're still here, right? <laughs> <laughs> Moments and and sure enough, it's it, it's his church and it's up to him. It's um and I think, Ron, you talk about trying to, to balance and, and just being with Jesus and all the stuff, you know, it's like, uh, Jesus, we're behind in rent, uh, Jesus. Uh, we don't have all the servants that we used to have in the last year and a half or so. Uh, Jesus, uh, you know, we still have the same amount of little space and we're supposed to spread out and uh, Jesus, what you going to do? (laughs) Kind of a thing. And he, I see that sign. 
Uh, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to handle all your problems today. So just sit down and be quiet, little lady. I'm going to take care of it all. So. And I think one of the things, and I, I spoke about this a little bit last night in the Bible study, Paula, about having convictions about things that that you're simply not going to, to cross a line on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've got people in our body who are, are being forced by their employers to go to sensitivity training uh, to understand LGBTQ uh, people and rights and, and uh, uh, you know, the things we can say and can't say. And, and um, you know, they're, they're, they're afraid to say, I'm not going to go to that. That violates what I believe God wants me to do. Uh, and they do it because they're afraid of losing their job. I think it's in times like this that we've got to um, decide, okay, Jesus, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided a long time ago. Uh, we got to decide once and forever that this is a conviction that I'm not going to let anybody mess with. So no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say what's uh, evil is good. I, I'm not going to say it's okay. I'm, I'm not going to stop sharing Jesus. If I lose my job, Jesus, then I'm your problem. Yeah. And we got to get to that place. Yeah. And, um, you know, in, in the obedience um, that, that we demonstrate to the Lord, uh, there's power in that obedience. I think sometimes we get so focused on, well, I might lose my job or I did lose my job. And we got to say, okay, Lord, um, you know I didn't do anything to cause this. My heart is right with you. I've got a family to feed. I'm going to keep serving you, mm-hmm. and you're going to take care of us. And we've seen that play out over the years thousands of times where God shows up at just the right time. And, and you know, I have a saying around here. I said, you know, God is never early, mm-hmm. but he's never late. I wish he'd be early sometimes. Yeah, yeah, man, me too. <laughs> but but he's never late, and I think I think when we walk by faith, we get a chance to to see the smile on his face when he says, "Here I am." Mm-hmm. And and I think individually, we got to learn that as well. So if I lost my job, if things got laid off, lots of people in this last um, eighteen nineteen months uh, have lost jobs, jobs some of them that aren't coming back, um, their reservoirs are dried up. And yet Jesus is there, and they're learning that he's there. It may not be the same life, material quality of life that they're used to, but sometimes less is more with Jesus, and people are learning that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You asked that question, and it, I mean, it, it bears repeating. Do you really believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, fiery furnace without even a smell of smoke. Do we really believe that Daniel laid in that lion's den and woke up and they were like pets to him? Do we really believe those truths or are they just stories to us? You know, like I see the little cartoon-looking, you know, pictures in the children's Bible. And it just looks, you know, not that threatening. Well, when I asked that at the beginning of the study last night, um, I said, it said be, be, you need to resolve this just between you and the Lord before we get started. Do you really believe that three young men were thrown into a fire and didn't perish? Uh, the same fire that killed the, the, the soldiers. Mm-hmm. Do you really believe that these young men were in the fire Jesus was in the fire with them, and they came out with that. Or is it just a story? And I said, before you answer the question, you've got to think back to your last trial. How did you respond? Mm -hmm. Did you respond like you believed Jesus was in that fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Or did you respond like, I'm in here all by myself, and I've got to get out all by myself? And, And, you know, that's what really believing something is. It's acting on it. And uh, I think, Paula, that if we're not honest in answering those questions, the Holy Spirit's sort of quenched the work he wants to do in our lives. is quenched. We've got to say, Lord, I want to believe this. I mean, it's so much more honest to say, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know if I believe it. I, I want it to be true, but mm-hmm. uh, at least the Holy Spirit can work with that. But 
But if we just give lip service to believing Scripture, um, Daniel chapter 3 is a uh, as difficult a chapter to believe as Jonah being swallowed by a great fish. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it possible that that could be? How could they be unbound? How could their clothes not smell of smoke? How could they walk out and still be used by God? And um, I, I just think sometimes we don't wrestle with those kind of issues. And I hope the people that were here last night or watching online last night, I hope that they've been wrestling with that. Because every one of those people going home to their own trial, and there's a way to, you know, Daniel, uh, Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they um, could have gotten out of that fire earlier, that furnace. They were unbound. They were walking around. There were openings in the side. All they had to do was walk out. But they chose to stay in the fire because that's where Jesus was. And they didn't go out until Nebuchadnezzar called on them and said, come out, please come out. And Jesus would have said, go on, go on. This is is your testimony. Mm -hmm. Um, They were content to be there. And none of us are content to be in our own individual furnaces. Yeah, well, I was, I was like, Lord, you know I believe it most of the time. There's some times when, you know, you're talking about being honest. You know I believe it, Lord, most of the time. But, you know, every once in a while, there, there's that, and the enemy comes along and gives you that twinge of doubt, did it really happen, you know? And then you have to go back and say, yeah, because the Bible says this, and I do believe Jesus. And, Lord... I'm like the the father of the, the young boy. I believe. Help my unbelief. When I start wavering, Lord, I'm counting on you to hold my arms up and, and make me faithful. Because even when I'm faithless, you're faithful, Lord. So I want to be faithful. So I'm glad that I belong to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, Paula, for those of us who counsel others, it's disingenuous for us to tell them that Jesus would be in their fire. When in the middle of our fire, mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out, hey, how do I get out of mm-hmm. here? And, and so um, we're really accountable. Yeah. And that's exactly what I, I'm telling them. I'm, Lord, how, Lord, how am I going to tell somebody else if I'm dealing with my own little up and down issues? And um, that's the coolest thing with the Lord. He's, uh, he's like, well, you, you don't have to have it all 100%, but you really do believe it. And when push comes to shove, He's right there, and he does hold your chin up, and he does say, look up, look up, I'm right here. I will deliver you. You know, that song comes, he will deliver me. My God will set me free from all my enemies, and some of my enemies are my own doubts and fears. I like Esther's line, well, if I perish, I perish. Yeah. And and I think think as, as Christians, we've got to all of us get to that place in our walk. Well, Paula, now we're inside four minutes, and you've got a couple of other things there. Uh, yeah, I was just, you know, I have, I'm, I'm, you asked a question Sunday. You asked a lot of questions, but um, one of them was, why are you angry? You know, and I had a lady come to me, and she goes, I'm angry all the time, you know. So the question bears, why are you angry? You know, uh, in the psalm, why so downcast, oh, my soul? So why are you angry? Why are you downcast? We need to really ask ourselves that. A lot of times we're angry because, of course, things don't go the way we want them to. We have, we have expectations. Yeah, we have expectations of people or circumstances. Um, and so we get angry. Uh, but I was telling the ladies, and you said this too, um, even when we are angry, we have no right to put our bad mood or our anger onto someone else. And so, question again, why are you angry? You need to take that before the Lord and ask him, why am I angry? And he will show us. He definitely will show us. Um, sometimes we just try to do too much. Um, we don't get enough rest. Uh, and we put all these things in our own hands um, and the Lord never put them there. And so we have to open our hands. And you used to say this all the time. You know, open your hands and, and ask the Lord, only leave in there what you want for me. And the rest you take out. 
But see, we don't want, we don't really want to do that because there's so many things that we want to do that may not be a part of God's plan. Um, we heard a pastor today say, you know, sometimes when you're in God's will, he'll lead you to do things you don't really want to do. We can get angry at that as well. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted directly by the devil. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, we could be doing the right things exactly how the Lord told us to do them. Um, and it doesn't turn out the way we expect it to, and then we can get angry. And we can blame God, you did this to me kind of thing. And he's like, well, why are you angry? Uh, you know, you don't deserve heaven, but... I died that you could go there. And so, anyway, why are you angry? So that's a good question for all of us to ask ourselves. Um, for me, before we go to church on Friday, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> In your anger, Paul writes, do not sin. Yeah. And uh, I, I think... I think we've been conditioned in our culture, Paula, to, I have a right to be angry. And as a Christian, we don't have that right. Mm. When we express our anger, we're misrepresenting Jesus. And uh, it doesn't mean that we won't be angry, but but self-control is the fruit of the Spirit. I think we've got to learn to walk in the power of the Spirit uh, because the one thing that we don't want to do is misrepresent Jesus. He's pretty serious about how his people represent him. I know. I know. Yeah, because, you know, I used to say this to the ladies all the time, too. You know, I'm an angry black woman. And the Lord said, no, you're not. <laughs> you don't have to be. That's just a saying. Yeah. It's just a saying. Well, Paula, the phones were quiet today, but I pray that people were blessed and edified. <laughs> You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Happy birthday, Sam. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.